Have you thought about starting your own podcast? Well, if you have, then you want to download Anchor. It's the easiest way that you can make a podcast. They give you everything you need in one place, and it's absolutely for free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, like on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and others. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So if you were thinking of starting your own podcast, you want to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Tuesday, everyone. This is Rob Foster with Shut Up and Grind. This is going to be episode number 112, and we're going to be talking about how you can make your own comeback story. We're going to get into that in a couple minutes because, you know, it's all about me first. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front of front of others, like outside of the gym setting and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again. And all that stuff, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to be able to take this even bigger. If you know why you do what you do, you have to know how to charge for what you do. That's how you're going to change your life, and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family. you got to know your work. So I know that's a long intro, but damn it, I like it. I know I need to trim it down, but I don't know what parts to take out of it. So at some point, I'll trim it down. But for right now, I really like it. It's still brand new. It's like it's got that new car smells. Like it's, it's got that new video feel to it. So anyway, so again, we're going to be talking about, see this, like my daughter point, pointed out the other day that I clap a lot. So I'm trying to be mentally aware about it so I don't clap so much. Right. So we're going to be talking about making your own comeback story. And so what does that mean? It means where you hit a point in your life that you may not be so proud of or something that may have hurt you or you may have hurt someone else and how you repackage yourself, rebuild yourself and get to where it is that you want to be. And now the, the subject matter that we're going to discuss today, it's deep. What I'm going to share right now is not. So I go back to when I was in high school in track and field, not I had worked when I started track and field, I sucked. I wasn't good at all. And I had to put in work, I had to study, read books, watch film, and figure out what to do in my respective events. And so I'm a senior now. I'm ranked first in the state, I'm ranked in New England, I'm ranked in the East Coast. And so fast forward, we get to the state meet where I should have won by a landslide. I got in my head and I ended up taking third. And I was 17 at this time. It wasn't until I was 32 till I was able to move past that. 
I was 32 years old. I was a restaurant manager at the time. And for some reason, those feelings got stirred up again. And one of the, the servers comes up to me. And she's like, Rob, like, you really need to let that go. And I was just holding on to it because it was something that I worked so hard for. And it, it came all crashing down in that one moment. And so grand scheme of things, is it a big deal? To me, yes, it is. Yes, it really is. So I had to come to grips with how I was going to use what happened for good. So, so now as I'm coaching athletes, I'm letting them know not to take your eye off the prize. Don't get so full of yourself. Don't think that you trained enough. You didn't train enough. Like get out there and give everything that you possibly have because that moment can get taken away from you in half a second. So like I said, what we're going to talk about today is far deeper than that. But I wanted to share that one because as you know, I always say your true power lies in your story. So I can take that story and use it to inspire someone else. Like it doesn't always have to be that you hit complete rock bottom, you know, in order to have a powerful story, even though my guest today kind of did. But, but that's just to let you guys know that don't think that your stories aren't valuable because they are like you have stuff inside of you that other people need to hear. And every guest that I bring on, you know, you guys all know the premise of the show is overcoming obstacles. And every guest that I bring on, has a different perspective on that same topic. You know, so that's just further proof that what you have to say matters. Like things that you've gone through in your life, regardless of how tiny you think they are, it matters big time to someone else. All right. So with that being said, helping me have this discussion, this man is, uh, I started that wrong. All right. So in his early 20s, Nate was a business owner chasing success while dealing with a secret drug addiction. After constantly hitting rock bottom, hurting everyone close to him, stealing a car and going to jail, Nate went on a journey of changing his mindset and his decisions, which helped him create his own comeback story. So my, my eyes are getting bad, and this font is so little, so that's why I'm stammering reading the bio. Nate, I apologize. <laughs> so he quickly found there were other people just like him who were stuck believing the lie that they'd never changed. That's huge, and we're definitely going to dive into to that point. Through his book, On Stage Speaking and Personal Coaching, Nate shares what he's learned to help other people make their own comeback. So welcome to the show, Nate Dukes. Hey, man. How are you, dude? First of all, thank you so much for letting me be here. I love this show. I love what you are doing. I've gotten to watch from the sidelines, and man, this is an incredible, incredible show. Awesome. Thank you. That means a lot means a lot. So, so like um, on the show we were supposed to do, I believe this was Friday. Yeah. Like I, I put, I put your picture up. I still have it loo loaded in here and we gave a quick, a quick, you know, synopsis of what we were going to discuss. And then I you know I put my own spin on it because you couldn't be here. Just give a quick, a quick scenario of why you couldn't be here in your words. Yeah. So one of the cool things that I get to do is I get to actually help coach and help people who have experienced some form of failure. And so one of the guys that I'm really close with, um, he actually, uh, he experienced his own version of failure and I had to fly across the country to go help um, pull him out of that, get him back um, into a, a better headspace. Um, because when you find yourself um, making the wrong decision, it is hard to stop spiraling. 
And so sometimes we need to have something that jolts us or pulls us out of that. And so for me, I've been able to actually help people who feel like their life is too messy to change or, or, or maybe they struggle with self-confidence or maybe they've just been in this habit of making one wrong decision after the other. And so I'm super thankful to be able to do what I do and help people create their own comeback. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. See, and, and it's great for him that he has a friend like you that would drop everything, fly across the country because he needed your help. Like Absolutely. That, that's amazing. All right. So in, you know, one minute or less, just give me a quick, a quick synopsis. I mean, you kind of did a little, but just who is Nate? How would, how would you, you describe yourself in a couple sentences? Yeah. So uh, for the last 18 months, I've been working on a project called You'll Never Change. It's a book that I wrote for people who want to go to the next level in their life, but don't know how, who've experienced some form of failure. If you right now are thinking to yourself, man, my life uh, doesn't look anything like what I want it to. Uh, I I struggle with self-confidence. I struggle with how I look at myself. I struggle with the resentments that I still hold against me. This is going to be a great conversation for you because we're going to actually unpack some of that and help you later in this show create your own comeback story. Love it. Absolutely love it. All right. So let's let's dive into the backstory so people that watch this show know that you know, I go deep and like I might take it to some places you may not you may not want to go, but it's all for connection sake. So at least once per show, people are always like, oh, I've never been asked that before. <laughs> Every know? everything is on the table. Everything's on the table right now. Awesome. I love it. I love it. All right. So tell me about your childhood. Where, where were you born? How was your upbringing? Yeah, so I am from uh, Youngstown, Ohio. Uh, it, it's a little south of Cleveland. And we, yeah, man, uh, we were the poor family growing up. We didn't have a whole lot. Um, my parents were really kids trying to raise kids. I don't blame them for anything. They had their own struggles. They had their own things that they were really working through. And a lot of those broken mindsets were actually passed down to us kids. And I I remember one time there was a a Christmas where my mom came up to us and said, Hey, I just want to let you know, don't plan on having a whole lot of gifts underneath the Christmas tree this year. And as a kid, that's really never anything that you want to hear. Um, But then there was this really great church that came along and they helped my mom and and they they, they bought us all Christmas presents. And we had an incredible experience, but I also had this understanding that this wasn't from my mom. And we were used to hand-me-downs. We were used to handouts. We were used to everybody else bailing us out of our issues and our problems. And then when I turned 18 years old, Um, I actually wanted to escape the chaos of my childhood because growing up, we started actually going to that church that my parents went to and, and they were great people. They were awesome. But I I always had this, I always had this feeling that God was watching me and he's waiting for me to mess up. And as soon as I did, he was going to punish me. And so I, I wanted to escape all of that. And so I went away to college at age 18 and man, my life changed dramatically. I, all right, I, all right, let me let me stop you right there. Right, let me say college age eighteen, just so you can pick back up with that thought. Because I know with us speakers, we just get on on a roll and we just we just get going, you know. But but you want you unpacked a lot there. So so now when you mention broken mindsets, mm-hmm. right? Walk walk me through through that. Like what what type of things were you exposed to? Yeah, poverty mindset. There's not going to be enough. Um, if there is, we're not going to get enough of it. 
we, uh, my parents had an on again, off again relationship. So one week, everything was great. They were together the next week, our lives were being ripped apart. And so we lived in government housing up until I was in third grade. And, uh, it was just always a struggle to get through. I felt like, man, um, if we can just get through today, then we're going to be okay. We were surviving. We weren't actually thriving. And man, dude, as a kid, you get exposed to some crazy stuff. You see things that no kid is supposed to see. And that trauma that sticks with you, if you don't ever have a support system to help you unpack some of that stuff, you will carry that with you and think, man, this is just how life is. I used to look at people who had abundance or who had nice things or would go on vacation. I used to look at them and say, that's what happiness is because I don't have it. I don't have this stuff and we're really unhappy. And it wasn't until later in life <laughs> that I, I, I learned the hard way that things don't actually equal happiness, but things can actually help you create a better quality of life. But happiness comes, it's an inside job. Yes. Great, great, great. All right. So you said you were used to hand-me-downs, used, used to handouts. Yeah. And so when you would see these other these other kids, like like how did it make, make you personally feel? Oh yeah. Like we weren't enough. Like we didn't have, like, like, like everybody else was better than us. Uh, we would, uh, we would always, my mom, she was awesome. She would go to Goodwill and, uh, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with, uh, shopping there and doing what you got to do to get through the day. Um, but she would, she would call it Gucci's. And so like, that was the Gucci like, and she would like try to put a good spin on it. So she tried to have a good attitude, but she also understood like we were, and we, we didn't have a whole lot. And so I would see other people who didn't have to, and just thought, man, their life must be great. Um, if I could just get, if I could just get to a place in life where I could buy new stuff, then man, maybe I could be a new person. So this is a little off topic, but I have, I do a second show. It's called uh, We Buy to Get Deep. And I have a section. Okay. So you said you went to university. What did you study? I studied political science and I also studied labor studies. So I had a double major. So when you signed up for those, what were your plans at the time? When I, um, that's a good question. So when I went into university, uh, you just go in as a general and then you select your major in second year. Um, I think I was thinking of actually going into law school once I selected polit political science as my major. It was one of my um, thoughts I was entertaining, um, getting, going into law school afterwards, um, getting my master's afterwards into possibly psychology. So yeah, I was entertaining those thoughts while in university. Okay. Good, good, good. See, I asked all these questions because it all ties in together. Like you're yeah. all <laughs> falling right in line. <laughs> and these are good questions. I haven't thought about these in years. I mean, my God, I haven't thought about this in over maybe 18 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like people say that every single show. They're like, wow, I've never been asked that before. Like, wow, that's a great question. <laughs> I was like, it's like I threw I threw away the talking points after I think it was my my eighth, my eighth episode I want to say. I'm like, this isn't the crap I want to know. <laughs> you know, like, like I want to know the goods. I want to know the dirty stuff. <laughs> then we'll get to yep. to go to college. And I knew deep down I didn't need it to do what I wanted to do in my life. And I have to say I love what you did, Robert, because there is no substitute for real world experiences. Yeah, yeah. Real I world asked... experiences will teach you about the real world. Mm -hmm. Yes, 
I agree, hundred hundred percent. And I so I I had two other guests on the show yesterday, and I asked them both. I said, re, real question. I said, you are you are a hiring manager, whatever it is. I said, if you get someone fresh off of a master's degree with no experience, or you have someone without a degree but has ten years experience, which one do you take? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you know yeah. what I mean. So like it's. It's a catch twenty two because if you go for for the one that has all the knowledge out loud, so that's something that I can teach other people how to become better and more confident speakers, and there's value in that because once you learn that skill, you never unlearn it. You have it forever, and I can probably charge double what what I am charging because it's a lifelong skill. But I want people who really need it to be able to get it. I'm not going to just cater to the people who can afford $10,000 coaching sessions, right? That's not what I do. But it all starts with a 15-minute phone call. It's completely free. It's not a sales call. I just want to talk to you, and I'm going to ask you a series of strategic questions that's designed to get you to that one thing that you can teach someone else that you can turn into either a side hustle or a full-blown business to help change people's lives. So I'm going to leave you all with that. Thank you very much for tuning in. And again, please leave me feedback on that video because I really want to know what you guys think about that. All right. Have yourselves a great day.